Room to Talk, Black Lives Matter, the bonus edition edition, because we are guests at the Willem de Koning Academy and hosting a Room to Talk podcast inside the Kino, the beautiful Kino in Rotterdam, uh, who also houses a 70 millimeter projector, by the way. Mm. Um, I'm joined today by three guests at my table and many guests in the theater itself. Um, introductions are needed, I think. So tell me who you are, what your goal in life is, and who your parents are. I'll start with you. Well, my name is Jonas. Um, my goal in life is to feed more people, I guess. It's kind of where things start, I think. Um, and my parents are Josh and Freek. They lived in Rotterdam all of their lives. And uh, yeah, that's it, I guess. Welcome. Thank you. To be better heard, I need you to... Uh, Get close. Exactly. And next to you is... Hi, I'm Anna. Um, I'm from Uithoorn, which is underneath Amsterdam. Um, my goal in life... Well, first it was to change the world. That was probably too big of a goal. And then someone told me that you can also just put a little smiley face on the map. So that's my goal right now. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and your parents? Um, my parents, they are Sjors and Esther. Um, my dad works as an accountant. And my mom works at the Provincie Noord-Holland. In the municipality kind of thing. Well, welcome. Thank you. And? Yeah. And Faye. My name is Faye. Um, my parents are Will, my father. Um, he is from Veldhoven. And um, my mom uh, is called Adrienne. She's from Oerle. That's also where I am born and raised uh, in uh, uh, Brabant, North Brabant. And um, my goal in life, well, we had a little bit, I already had a little bit of time to talk about this because you also asked, of course, the other group. And then I was thinking, I think my goal in life is to make work that creates a direct intimacy for me to talk to strangers about uh, fragile subjects, just like we're going to discuss right now. Nice. Welcome. Thanks. Um, none of your parents are in advertising. Uh, public relations. That's close. That's close. Yeah. Who uh, who pointed you at this uh, this industry? Who said, "Well, Willem Koning David, let's go." Well, I just kind of find out for myself. Just did whatever and ended up here. Yeah. Uh, you wanted to be in advertising? No. <laughs> Ooh. But I like advertising, but I think it's just a modern type of propaganda. Okay. But then you still want to study it? Yes. Yeah, good for you. And you, Anna? Um, yeah, for me it was kind of a long story, but short story is that I was doing uh, modeling, and then I quit, and I went into environmental activism, yeah. which is completely different. And then I came to the... Um, the open day at the Willem de Koning Academy and I saw how the advertising department worked and it really spoke to me that you can really reach people and they were trying to do good stuff and 
it was not it was not just art, but it was something that that had the potential to really change something. That's why I, yeah, did the application there. But you found the Willem de Kooning Academy yourself, so nobody said this this academy in Rotterdam. You should go to the um, Open Dag. Well, it, it was because I first did a year at the Amsterdam Fashion Institute branding, and okay. that was a logical link then to go to the Willem de Koning Academy. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. And you, Faye? Um, yeah, I went to the Open Day four years ago together with my dad, okay. and we were. I was aiming for the Fine Arts Department, which was. Um, very well hidden at the yeah. open day. I couldn't really find it. But then my dad and I, we uh, went to the advertising department and my dad was like, wow, this is so cool. If I would study right now, I would go here. And I was just like, oh, of course not. Oh, that's advertising. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> and then we went to the fine art department, which was, there were just, it was a table like this and there were mandarins, like okay. tangerines on the table and the, then there was one teacher who was like well you can talk to me and then I was like yeah I love this I want to go <laughs> and study here and um, then I went to fine arts and uh, I think after uh, one and a half years I decided to go to advertising you switched I switched which is possible you can just switch yeah you can just switch leave yeah. the tangerines behind yeah and yeah up to cocaine they didn't and, uh, taste alcohol. that good those tangerines <laughs> yeah I understand. Um, I ask this because somehow I feel that moving into advertising, um, at least for me, is something that was unknown to me before I started. And then I looked at it once and I was like, I was in love. Mm. Is that kind of how it works for you as, worked for you as well? I guess it did, somehow. I think it's both that you're in love, but also that you see a lot of things that are wrong with it. And that maybe you're attracted to it to also do something about that. But that you also see the potential. Yeah. I think it's a love-hate relationship for me personally. Yeah. yeah, maybe it's not being in love with advertising. I'm certainly not in love with advertising, I guess. But um, it's maybe more about... Uh, I think I'm in love with uh, uh, the people... Yeah, with uh, the teachers and uh, and the students and the vibe, I'm really in love with that. And that was the first the first moment I entered that vibe. I was like, "Wow, something is going on here," and I don't know what, but it. I want to be here, and but it was not like advertising, like an ad. It, no, it was really the vibe at the department. Yeah. So not in love with advertising, but in love with the people that work in advertising, or that at least are study, part of, study, that. study, study, or teach advertising. Yeah, and that's something different than advertising. So I'm. That's what I. Why is that something different for you? Why do you think that's something different? Um, well, for me, that's something different because uh, what? Well, this is this is actually a, a question of language. Yeah. What perhaps for you is advertising, when we talk about advertising or people who listen to this podcast may think uh, about an ad for Heineken. And um, uh, when I think about advertising, I think about installations, uh, activism, um, uh, room to talk, like, you know, uh, yeah. something different. Um, you, you talk about a voice, maybe more than... Yeah, yeah, so... and. and 
yeah, I'm in love with the advertising that we get to uh, to do in school, and yet we are also uh, currently in this identity crisis. So you're in identity crisis already. You just started. Well, no, yeah, the, the department. The, oh. the industry. Tell me. Uh, well, because the things we uh, we make in school um, are really cool. They're really nice, and people uh, care. People have um, uh, they work from from their personal opinion, from their heart, from what is thriving you as a maker, and um, it's it's really artistic. Um, and then when you look to the field, then um, I'm, if I speak for myself, uh, I'm not, I'm not touched. I, I do not feel um, moved by the work that is being made. And so that for me is, um, uh, is a, there's a big gap between uh, the things that we make and. And the things you see in the real yeah. world. Yeah. For instance. Is that the same for you guys? Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say one of the worst things about advertising is, well, companies trying to sell you shit that you don't need. It's kind of putting the world on a steady decline of consumerism into all of these things. While what she just said, like, you could also just advertise, communicate ideas, communicate different things. And I think that's where advertising does get interesting once you get to communicating, actually, and not like, ah, you need to buy this. Oh, if you want to have a good life, you buy this. That's more, more life-changing um, in essence and less in buying products, maybe. Yes. Is that safe for you, Anna? Yeah, it's the same. So now we're in this crazy time where somebody had to get murdered to activate this avalanche of... Um, yeah, pain, uh, but also awareness. That would be an ideal moment to put that to use, what you just mentioned, no? Have you guys worked on uh, projects within the school that address the issue of Black Lives Matter, for example? Have you been able to write campaigns already or make work? Um, no, not yet. But that was also, I don't know, maybe you can better ask that to them because uh, four months ago when uh, when the death of George Floyd just happened I wasn't I was not active in in school I was uh, uh, I, I paused for a half year so perhaps you could maybe tell something more about this have you been able to work on something like that already or are you planning to or well, I am planning to do so in the future, but I've noticed like with the whole corona stuff going down, I've turned towards myself because I've been just with myself mostly and with some people who I know. So I've been inside of my own atmosphere of influence, of course. Yeah. You do go protesting, you do go talk about things, but yeah, you're not working on things necessarily or no. just working things out, trying to make this whole corona school thing happen. Yeah. But it is part of your life. For sure. Yeah. Have you been to a demonstration? Have you guys um, attended any Black Lives Matter functions? Yeah, I I did. I didn't go to a demonstration, but um, I think uh, when the whole thing happened four months ago, 
and the demonstrations were there and um, a lot of I felt really silent then because yeah. um, all of a sudden I and yeah it's painful for me to realize that it's only four months ago that I realized that I am also such a big part of that problem and um, it's also male education uh, in me in my uh, um, environment but also self-education was lacking for me I, I didn't educate myself so I decided to educate myself about this subject um, and to be like more active and more conscious about the fact that um, how can I say the um, um, the apathy and the ignorance that was in also in me yeah. I found that I found that really, really hard because also what we learn in um, advertising is about empathizing with who, whoever you want to, to reach to. or talk yeah. to. And then I I thought like still there is a big um, apathetic side uh, about this discussion that people uh, don't see, don't feel um, white people don't feel what is uh, uh, what it is like to um, to to live with uh, all those uh, beperkingen. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, my mom said second-class citizens. Mm. You know. Oh yeah. 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 Um, before you talk to the before you talk to the nation, mm-hmm. um, have you been able to talk about to your own? surroundings have you spoken to friends or family about it i see Mm. you nodding yeah uh, i mean it's very normal i guess to discuss things that are happening around you and uh of course the whole killing thing killing people for no reason except uh the way that they look is a big thing like it kind of confuses me and it startles me in a sense that how is this still a thing which is kind of it is part of my privilege to like feel that like ooh. I thought it was over. I thought it was like done for, but apparently it's still very much alive. And any any, any surprises? <laughs> any surprises in the conversations you're having with friends or family? I mean, yeah. they they've known about your uh, your position in this. Well, my position has certainly changed over the past couple of months. Okay. Um, and yeah, I was surprised to find that. Uh, well, of course, I come from a very Dutch family, so I have some aunts who are very much black beat, and yeah. these type of conversations you're all of a sudden having, having when you're meeting your parents and meeting people. It's like, yeah, what the fuck's going on, guys? Yeah. Is it difficult? <laughs> I don't think it's difficult, but I think it disappoints me sometimes, like yeah. how people cannot see the bigger picture. How's that for you, Anna? Well, I think it's um, difficult to talk to it with people who have a different opinion than I have. So I can easily talk with my friends who think in the same way. But as soon as trying to talk with friends from my uh, town that don't have the same opinion, it's very hard to have a normal conversation. Um, And I I think that's quite problematic since this is an issue that especially needs to be talked with people with different opinions. Yeah. Yeah, so it's quite kind of struggling with that. Are you lacking tools? Are you lacking um, ways to 
make the conversation happen? Or what is it that you are in need of to make that conversation happen more? I think uh, such a conversation can start with a simple question. Yeah. When someone says something um, which is racist, then you can just pose a question like, do you realize that what you are saying um, historically seen as like a big colonial um, um, history and that it's it's racist or and try to I don't know is the art of in my in my case um, gently confronting people. So <laughs> you say gently. Why? Why gently? Um, well, because I tend to see, um, due to the maleducation, due to people don't know enough about the subject, that people are tend to react like, "Dat hoef jij mij niet te vertellen. You don't need to talk to me like that." And then I'm like, "Okay, well, this is not. We don't want to enter this. Yeah. Um, let's try to." Um, be constructive as constructive as you can be unless you're just talking to someone who is completely racist then okay don't try to i mean you you've got like an amount of energy how are you going to spend it yeah i understand that mm -hmm. okay are you guys are going to have to do internships soon no I see you nodding. It's a podcast. You have to actually speak on. <laughs> um, what is the um, what's the kind of company you are interning with? Do you know already, or are you still looking? For me, it's a bit of a different story because I also study sociology at the university. Okay. Um, so, yeah, in my mind, I always think, oh, I want to do an internship at, for example, a company like Greenpeace or. Okay. Something like this, something completely different. Um, but but you're already looking, or how does that work? I mean, f how long from now do you need to go do your internships? Uh, in February. Okay, that's that, quite yeah. fast, no? Yeah, that's quite fast. But you uh, have for me, it's next year. So. Oh, for you, it's next year. Okay. Yeah. And for you? Uh, um, well, I haven't been looking yet, but I can imagine that if I go to look for any place to do an internship, I would look for humanity in the place, like... How human is this place? Because this is something I see in advertising. It's like, yeah, it's about money. Yeah. It's about, oh, we cannot do all these scary things because uh, we might lose money. Yeah. Yeah. So, but how do you, how do you, how, how do you, how do you divide the, 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 the money grabbers and the, the humanites within these companies that you're looking at? Do you, do you ask them or do you... I think that's very difficult and I haven't been on any internship talks. But if I would, I would probably try to listen and yeah. look. And you can kind of feel when somebody is genuine about something. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe look at their work, the work they make. That works, yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. Are you, Faye? Are you, uh, because um, of the pause? Yeah, I... I uh, well, I should have done my internship, uh, like... Last half year, yeah. but um, I corona. decided not to. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, not even due to Corona, but just because of uh, uh, the personal identity crisis that came with the bigger identity crisis. Yeah. Um, because I didn't didn't know what to do, or what I wanted to 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 do or make uh, anymore. 
Um, and f- right now I decided to go to an exchange on an exchange. Um, oh, and uh, preferably I would do something with uh, either theater, uh, performance, um, more focusing on behaviorism uh, in art. So, um, yeah, more the physical way of expressing. Um, that's that's what I'm moving towards to right now. When you say exchange, you mean in another country? Yeah, yeah. And then what would be your first country to look at? Uh, probably Belgium, because they have in Ghent, they have a really nice academy, which um, is a conservatory conservatorium um, and a theater uh, and an art school so it's all underneath one roof and I think that's logic logical so (laughs) just summarizing none of you guys are actually looking at internships at agencies at all not really but why not why why is that not a thing well personally it doesn't interest me too much to work at an agen- agency right now. I kind of want to do my own things and I I don't know. I feel especially like the industry of advertising at the moment is something that needs to be changed. So why would you want to be part of I mean, of course, change can come from the inside, but yeah. yeah maybe only from the inside. Yeah, probably. But uh, yeah, I'm not even sure if I want to work in this industry. Okay. But yeah, I would say that, of course, if there's an agency at that point that I think well, this is this agency is doing cool stuff. They are doing different things. They are actually trying to to do to do something. Um, yeah, of course, I would want to go there. But right now, I I re- don't really see it. I would also say I I don't know enough about the agencies yet yeah. to make a clear judgment about that. Yeah, but you haven't yeah. seen enough to say. Oh well, if I'm gonna go, then I'm gonna go to Herc. Shout out, Emilio. Yeah. Huh? No. Um, right now, I'm I'm not sure no. about things. Oh, you make me so sad. <laughs> I would wish you guys were jumping, crawling up the walls to get out there and actually yeah. find a little bit of experience, no? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, um, well, maybe it's also then the three of us. I, I don't know what is about the rest of the people who are uh, here right now, how they perhaps people also are really motivated to go to an agency. Yeah. Um, I think I think there are uh, students who do want to go to an agency, but... Um, yeah, so like, you're actually saying whoever is motivated to go to an agency and wants to speak up, then the open mic is to our right. But go on, sorry. Yeah, um, no, but um, what I also think is that due to this gap uh, and due to the fact that um, the um, working from an opinion, from a personal uh, engagement, uh, which you don't see back in uh, industry advertising right now, um, mostly, um, is uh, something that is just not really appealing to a lot of students because we in school learn to be more of an activist or an artist instead of an advertiser. Yet, what I think, if I speak for myself, then um, I would really love to go to like um, something with a theater, an exchange, a performance, but then after that, perhaps go back. I don't know. There are more options. Like, why don't you make 
advertising theater or something like that, you know? There, but yeah, or make advertising activism. Yeah, like that. So, um, yeah, because Janus, I wanted to ask you a question. You've already answered it, but I, I forgot. Why did you choose to go to the uh, to advertising? Um, well, I guess I can answer it a little bit more broad. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of like philosophy. Uh, I, I like ideas, and I want to be able to communicate ideas um, very much. So, so yeah, I guess that's why I like people. I like anthropology. I like philosophy, and I like all of these things. And I think we are not really talking about impressive things right now. We are talking about which shirt am I going to buy and this type of stuff and I think um, but isn't that something of all times in advertising yeah for sure so it's quite interesting to see what's happening right now uh, with all these brand identities all of a sudden a brand is kind of a person but a brand is not a person a brand is in the end uh, like some machine to make money and of course this is changing right now because brands are starting to make statements okay but, but how do you then see daily paper What's daily paper for you? In the bigger scheme of things, what, what are they in the core? Um, well, I don't know that much about daily paper. I know it as a, as hype, a brand, sorry. hype culture brand. Um, also as a street, kind of a street language, I guess. It says something when you are wearing daily paper. But uh, yeah, personally, in my experience, I've just seen it as an expensive way to get your fashion. Yeah, but they represent, their representation is of color. Hmm. Their uh, ownership is completely off color. They tend not to dwell in advertising language, so they try to move out of it. Um, um, uh, you don't feel inspired by that thought that you could become this, I don't know, uh, this apparel that people actually want to rock because it says something about them. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, that's also that is really cool. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, this is kind of the field in which I am interested because yeah. it is about making statements through this medium. Like you go beyond what is advertising and you say, like, yeah, this is a thing that is happening, but actually the message uh, or uh, the revolution that is uh, impact impeached in this uh, is more important. And well, nice, oh. right? Yeah, it is. And how are you going to put your sociology to re to uh, to use in uh, in the new world? Um, yeah, I'm st actually also still trying to figure that out. Yeah, I think um, it allows me somehow to deep to deep uh, to think more about what you put out. What does it represent? Um, yeah, yeah, like how like more thoughts. Um, behind it, yeah. somehow. Um, Structure-wise, you mean? Yeah, and it's it's also because you if you try to change a system, you really have to understand how the system works, um, which I somehow f uh, found very lacking sometimes in um, advertising or in the arts in the art world that we want to change something, but there is not enough tools to understand how is it how does it exactly work? How do we what do we do to change that? Um, yeah. Yeah. So. I all these tools in hand, all these thoughts. Um, you're you're all studying advertising, but you don't see advertising as the solution. You've all have the side thought on how you could uh, maybe find a new version. 
Yeah. yeah my, Can yeah. I maybe ask a question? Sure. <laughs> well, I think like uh, where it gets interesting is that you have these two things kind of moving past each other, which is the economy and uh, the government. And the government is supposed to take care of people, but now we're kind of looking to the economy, to these brands, to make statements, to actually like uh, change the world. Yeah. Why do we need brands and money to change the world if we already put up an institution to do so yeah. i guess then the institution you, th you think that's is, skewed you think yeah, that's I an think error the yeah. institution is already broken the government's not taking care of people necessarily it's more about sustaining the economy which yeah. we then look upon to treat the people which that doesn't make sense because it's not really supposed to take care of people it's supposed to make money yeah yeah well yeah. i wonder if if it's really should it be about money it shouldn't no I think, I mean, this is kind of, I've, I always look at it this way. I think the government is poor. They just don't know it, um, uh, which, is, which is their own little bubble. They think they're running a big pot of cash, but actually they're running a big pot of debt. While at the same time, tech companies become worth 2 trillion euros mm -hmm. in less than you know, 10 years. So there's definitely a shift where the capitalism, where the economy is, is run. If we then look at these tech companies to help us change the way we perceive the world, at least we're 100% sure there's money behind it. Well, with the governments, they're so dependent on their debt that they're in this constant lobby world that they can't really express themselves yeah. for a certain thought because mm -hmm. they might lose 30% of their support of they're already caged. nothing. Yeah, they're caged. Yeah. So advertising is one of those tools to say the canvas can be filled by your ideas. Whatever you write can be on that canvas. Yeah, and there is also a point of just embracing the fact that it's like this because it's not going to change within five years. I mean, the whole system is not going to change. So we're in there, and I think that there are a lot of opportunities in there and also um, what what we already discussed a little bit in the in the other conversation that advertising is the mediator you yeah. know and and um, that's also where responsibility comes in that um, when you are uh, mediating between the audience and uh, something that is richer than um, politics and uh, then you are kind of a spokesperson and there comes a responsibility. And I think that maybe we are just, the students in here are just, they are really keen on the fact that they are uh, gonna have a voice and that they want to be super sincere and, and they want to be like... Um, well, well, hallelujah for that. Yeah, but... But what it what it causes is also a kind of freeze. Like, oh, but we want to do that. But the the industry that we are that we should do it in is is not answering our call. Uh, I mean, Sana said, uh, Sana's in the room with us. She said something really smart. She said, "What you guys don't realize is that the advertisers they are begging for your voice." The moment you get in there as an intern, mm -hmm. even as the assistant of the assistant of the mm -hmm. art director's assistant, they are looking for your voice because what they what they have is their own, yeah. and they know it's not relevant, and they know it's not going to make the change or 
push us forward. So you're very powerful in the sense that whatever thoughts and ideas you're growing now, there's a need, there's actual physical need for it, mm -hmm. right? Am I saying it right? So, so, and then that is, I think, also a, a realization that I'm having this, this in this podcast and the one before this, is that maybe it's also not clear for you guys that we're begging you, <laughs> we're on our knees asking yeah. you mm -hmm. to please come and change because we we failed in all honesty. I mean, I've I've done it semi well uh, in the sense that I'm off color and I own my own company and I actually do work work. But uh, around me, many agencies have not been able to uh, become uh, a company of the future. So then, phew, shit, then it's you, right? <laughs> yeah, I think we really need to also hear this. I, I didn't hear this before, actually. Yeah. Um, I mean, second year. So I, 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 maybe there is also, maybe especially in the first half of the study, a little bit of a gap between the industry and us. Because it seems so far away from me right now. Um, so yeah, maybe we, we need to hear more from... Well, well let's hear more. So you want to walk to that? What I just wanted to say is coming from an agency is that um, we're not looking for more people like ourselves. We're not looking for followers. We're looking for people with a vision that are going to surprise us. They're going to um, teach us something. So yeah, don't underestimate it. Like, Don't be humble about it. That's what I wanted to say is just... Keep your head up, shoulders back, walk in there. You have something to say. Yeah? We're looking for you. So, yeah. If that's what you need to hear, then I'm telling you now, please uh, remember that. So, and you have power to change. We're willing to change. So, yeah, you're just, we're waiting for you, basically. <laughs> can, I, can I comment on that? 100%. Go. It's something that I have noticed in my past two years of education at the Willem de Koning is most of our teachers are kind of pushing us to have a voice and to come out there. And that's kind of the point at which you are doing well in terms of our education. Um, we get good grades if we speak for ourselves, if we don't let ourselves too much be influenced by an idea of a normal. Yeah. Because, of course, the normal... It, it doesn't exist and it doesn't hold any function, I guess. Yeah. So, I guess you will develop this over time. Um, it's kind of, yeah, one of the things that our teachers have been pushing on the most. I think the, I think the core of my question to you is, what do you, what, I mean, what do, what do you think, I mean, we want you to do what you want to do. And advertising... It's not, it's not called rock and roll for nothing. It's not because we thought it was rock and roll. No, no, it, it is physically rock and roll because you are in position to change. So you actually go, fuck, this is a good line. This, it, it hits somebody in the core. It's emotional. I can put it out on a billboard and people will be touched. That's, your, that's the, 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 the path you're on. Do you feel... That you're getting that you're getting the chance to develop enough stories, enough base to tell stories when you come out of this. Because that's the other thing I'm wondering is, do you have enough inputs now to be completely ready to roll when you're done with school, or do you need something in your education? Is there something lacking that you would? I mean, obviously a word from a person out of the uh, industry 
is good to have. Mm-hmm. What else? What else would you need to kind of understand what your role could be? I'm, uh, I'm, I don't really get your question. What do you mean? Do you need examples? Do you need uh, a manifest? Do you need uh, a class? A class that says uh, needed in the industry 2021, needed in the industry 2022. Mm-hmm. Do you need like check-ins? more excursions i'm trying to find out because you you guys are so so smart you're so in touch with the new normal but you're not willing you don't think uh of giving it to to us to the industry so i'm giving giving it it back yeah i'm trying to persuade Mm. you to yeah yeah i completely understand and i think also um uh Of course, we're, we don't want to be cynical, of course. We don't no. want to, to look with, with those eyes to the industry. Um, for me, I think, well, the, um, yeah, if I think of uh, an office, an advertising office, I also kind of feel the... <sighs> The, the like the shivers. the shivers because because of the idea that you are just sitting behind a desk um, coming up with one line um, uh, you're uh, working for a brand and maybe the brand is kind of stubborn um, what I mean we've been talking about new kind of agencies with our class a lot and Oh nice tell uh, me. Yeah, we just want to uh, uh organize it in such a way that you're still in the academy so you can work with uh wood, uh, metal, uh textile anything or maybe you can um do a lot with music or but be more in a free kind of way like an academy is also um Ingericht, yeah, uh, organized. Organized. And um, then also that kind of vibe that you want to um, to show to a brand and only the brands that are appealed to that vibe probably come to you. But yeah, of course, there are a lot of, uh, a lot of societal issues and... Um, Yeah, some brands like what do you say like Daily Paper they are they are really nice with with handling those. Um, sometimes I also think like maybe um, as students we are just what I already said like too like okay but we don't want to work for people who are um, where there is um, uh, white supremacy sure. in the oh but we also don't want to work for people uh, who have a brand where um, uh, climate change is being ignored we also don't want where there is a mm-hmm. gap between men and women uh, and and well there are a lot of companies that are still dealing with these problems sure So, so maybe you have to listen to Johan Kramer, who says, "Then just start your own agency." Maybe yeah. you should just. Well, I think that is a beautiful, beautiful option, definitely. Yeah, man. yeah, and that's also then, of course, there's the internship part, and that's a bit difficult right now because of the 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 ambition in students to to make something new for ourselves and. Yeah. Um, yeah the, uh, uh, unless you say you're going to do internships. And you're going to look at what they're doing. Yeah. And yeah. then you think, 
fuck this. I don't want to do that. Not yeah. doing this. And then you mm -hmm. have great research to start your own thing. Yeah. Um, is there such a thing as, as, as a... Um, um, if I would ask you to do a campaign for Black Lives Matter, is that something you could grow within, within the academy? Could you, could you work on a project that you know, expresses your... Definitely, yeah. 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 Have, you, have, you, have you talked about it, spoke about it with your fellow students? Have you guys made a plan to do something like this? Or... Um, no, I didn't. I, I don't know what uh, what for you, but I didn't talk about uh, Black Lives Matter with fellow students in a way that we wanted to uh, create uh, a reaction. Okay. Um, because yeah, that was that was, it just didn't came up. Um, but yeah, of course you talk about it and and um, try to educate each other and try to read. Uh, things together or listen like tell one another like you should listen to this or you should listen to that um, but I think probably the next step then most certainly is to create um, a reaction to uh, the movement or something that empowers also the movement of Black Lives Matter very cool um, is there a subject that we haven't spoken about that is top of mind or something you woke up with that you want to put forward? Um, well, it's kind of, uh, I don't know where this stands, but what I think is interesting, and I see this throughout this conversation as well, it's kind of, it's very hard to determine, not very hard, it's overstatement, but it's kind of hard to determine where do I stand and how do I take this? Like that's, uh, maybe you were earlier asking like what are the tools that you need? It's kind of difficult to determine, okay, uh, I'm gonna stand here, take this standpoint, I'm gonna move with it, gonna roll with it, and I'm gonna take like matters into my own hands because it's difficult to determine what is the right way to do things. Uh, I remember the whole action with the posting a black picture on uh, Instagram, mm -hmm. and the day after it was all in the news as being um, a way to basically black out the things that actually do matter. Yeah. Like, like, and I thought that was one way to make a statement. And then the next day it turns out to not exactly be the way to make a statement. So yeah. it becomes a little bit more difficult to determine, okay, how am I going to do this? And of course, I think you should always look at yourself. How do I relate to uh, the topic and work from there? Yeah. But even then, for me at least, it is difficult to determine where do I stand because I do not exactly know where I stand. Um, on, on the subject or on, on... Not on the subject, but how can I make an impact um, without doing it wrong? Like, I want to do it right. Uh, I want to do it nicely. So I'm kind of taking this approach of waiting, looking, seeing, okay. Yeah. And maybe I will hook on to this or hook on to that because I am a white man. So for me... Yeah, I just um, wanted to say, I have a little newsflash for you. You're, you're, you're in position, all three of you. If you do nothing, nothing changes for you. If you do something, everything changes for everybody. So if if there's any moment in time that you think, well, what should I do? Then this is the time to self-educate and then take a stand because there's obvious. It's obvious that there's certain um, privileges that you guys hold that can make you uh, a better voice. Because if you turn that around into act activism, mm. then you know more people will hear you than if I do it because I'm not in the room with you 
nine out of ten times um, when you're talking to your friends, when you're talking yeah, to your family. Definitely, yes. Do you feel this as as one of your responsibilities already, or do you need? Yeah, for yeah, sure. I think the yeah the the feeling of responsibility. Um, it yeah it came. It already was there in, in my case, but it came harder after uh, George Floyd. George Floyd and yeah, yeah what I already said, like um, you want to. Um, yeah, the the I think for me the the um, the becoming uh, conscious about the position and also that that all those privileges and that they're really that it's like like really empathizing fully one hundred percent. To me, that also was like whoa. That was oh yeah. I don't know. I it just made me silent. I was like. Okay, where where should I start? Where it's crazy. It's crazy difficult. It's crazy awkward. I get that. Yeah, it's super awkward. But and on the other hand, I'm like, okay, for me, it's awkward. Well, so that's just one thing. Other people getting shot. You mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have we have somebody at the open mic. Yes. Hi. Hi. Um, So I was wondering uh, about this subject. Um, I've mentioned it. Earlier, oh no, that was the last podcast. I've mentioned it. Um, so speaking out about the subject of Black Lives Matter, people often uh, expect us to have like a rational conversation about this, to have like rational arguments. For me, I often get my emotions involved. So I get stereotyped very easily as like an angry black girl or something. And um, I was just wondering like, how is it for you to approach this subject in like speaking of like, you all being white, like mm. how do you speak up about this? I think personally, maybe it's a, it's a it's a slow process. First, you start maybe putting something on your Instagram story that you saw about Black Lives Matter that you think, hey, this makes sense. And of course, just posting something on Instagram is not going to change. So at some point, you're going to think, okay, we have to do something else. But you're also still in the process of reading a lot and trying to educate yourself. Um, and then I think there is where you need other people to together do something because alone, just being a white person, you, you, yeah, it doesn't make sense to just. But have you had like do. Um, encounters with people where you had to like call them out on their shit? And um, like, how is that for you? Do you not like maybe not have encountered that before or? Yeah, you mean when someone is being yeah, like racist. How, racist. Yeah, yeah how yeah. would you approach that? Because oftentimes when I um, speak up about something, it's like, oh, there you go, like playing the victim or something. Mm-mm, I would just like yeah. to know how oh, that God, goes yeah. for you. No, mm-hmm. well, I, I get angry too, really furious then. And um, what I already said, trying to stay calm and pose that question, okay, do you do you understand what you are saying? What is going on right now? Have you seen the news? Have you have you ever read a book? I don't know. I think I think this, I think this is an important point. I think what 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 uh, uh, say. I think you guys might have that conversation on a different level. Yeah. Do you feel you can get uh, more to the point on a less I don't know, awkward 
angle, maybe? Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, one of the examples that's kind of interesting in this is, uh, of course, it's institutionalized racism, but it's the terms uh, white and uh, blank yeah. in Dutch. And of course, blank is uh, is a wrong term because it uh, suggests neutrality. It yeah. suggests a normal again. Yeah. Um, so this is something that's very easy for me as a white man to explain to another white person. Yeah. Like, yeah, you, you're white. You are not uh, blank because that's a neutral thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, for me, it doesn't hold any emotional response except for me feeling responsible for the fact that we are doing such things as using this term a lot. Yeah, and, and, and the reaction that you get... Well, usually, if you just put it upon, like, do you want to hurt other people or do you want other people to be happy? That yeah. usually turns out well. But Black Pete, for instance, is always something that gets a little bit more difficult because people do have their emotional connections to this idea because they feel like my country is no longer my country and everybody's coming to take my culture. Yeah, <laughs> It's very cute, I think. Yeah, yeah, but and on the other hand, I also feel like we are past the discussion whether Black Pete is racist. Yeah. yeah. It is racist. It, yeah. That's a given. We are past the um, the point that people have to share uh, situations that they were um, um, mistreated due to their color. We are past that point because I think we can now conclude that it is everywhere and it's institutional and that I I mean we don't need to um when someone is asking me to explain what but what is it exactly what then I'm also like like just okay uh why should I even still explain it to you yeah just just be aware that it is it's 100% self education I'm 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 hearing you there But at the same time, it's also, uh, like I said, it needs critical mass. You need to be, you need to continue the conversation because if you relax into it, everybody else will relax into it. They'll Mm -hmm. be like, oh, we spoke about this in 2020, uh, September 2nd. We're done, man. It's it's December 6th, Mm -hmm. you know? So maybe the conversation needs to be continuous, but I think the answer... We, that you've given on how it is between two white people uh, instead of a person of color and a white person. That's an interesting reveal, no? Thanks. Behind you, another question. Who are Hi. you? Um, my name is Bergson, and um, Hello. I just wanted to say a few things. Sure. And this is going to be a bit uncomfortable, maybe, but I can assure you it's more uncomfortable for me. First of all, I was really excited uh, to come here. Does this work? It does, it does. Um, I was really excited to come here because Vedika is really not that anti-racist as they appear to be. It's quite performative, like, you know, putting tokens on a poster, but not really taking students seriously if they get called out with the N-word. Um... Uh, not being able to see those things is also a privilege. Uh, so this would have been a great introduction to anti-racist activism for my classmates. Um, but I don't feel like this is very fruitful, or how do you call it, educational. There are, no offense, but there are three white students talking about racism. Uh, and I do understand putting a white ally here to give perspective, but maybe... Uh, But having no BPOC students here, I don't know, that's just uncomfortable. Um, None of these students have been involved in anti-racist activism, 
uh, for you know longer than a few months maybe. Um, I would like to hear more about experiences of BPOCs in advertising, or if uh, that is maybe not um, possible, I would like to hear more of actions that you will take within advertising, the industry, or within the institution that is Willem de Koning. So maybe we can steer the conversation more in that direction because I can assure you that I'm, I'm really not the only one uncomfortable here. Uh, and this is no offense to you, you do a great job, but like, and to, not to anyone, but yeah, like, no, but I is, agree with you. Actually, I do mm -hmm. a lot of anti-racist work, and I'm busy with this like every day of my life, and it feels really uncomfortable right now. So. Mm -hmm. do you, do you want I, my thank seat? you. Because I'll happily move. You want his seat? He's willing to move, man. You want yeah, to come sit down? That's a good idea. Come, yeah. come on. Do it. Or not? Yeah, but maybe not a bad idea. Very good. I also want to say that I, I heard there were going to be Vedika students doing this, and I didn't want to take a seat. Because you're not a Vedika student. No, I am, but I'm not black. And I felt like I there should be, um, instead of people of color, there should be, but we don't have almost no black people in class. So how many How many black people do you have? Um, at school, I know one teacher that is black. Yeah. And I think we have, uh, in my class, there are two people. You're a student, no? Yeah. And you're also third year? Yeah. And you came to study advertising? Yeah. And you're going to go into advertising after this? Yeah, hopefully. Nice. Um, welcome. Thanks. Just for podcast sake, who are you and who are your parents? Um... My name is Bergson. My pronouns are she, her. Um, my parents are Alper and Sevgi. They're Turkish. Uh, they're teachers. Um, yeah. So thank you for expressing yourself. Um, I think you have a point. But I'm also curious to understand where you think this conversation should go. Um, well... Initially, I thought this would this was going to be like um, a talk about um, racism in in advertising, or maybe like uh, anti-racist activism in advertising, um, experiences that people of color have had in advertising. So the, I thought these were the topics that, and it kind yeah. of went there a few times, but it was just I didn't feel like it was very educational. Um, for me, but I'm a different story. So. Um, no, no, I, I would love to address these topics um, in the sense that I think the racism that we're in, uh, especially in advertising, um, has now come to surface more because we're asking the questions, the right questions. Mm -hmm. So, thank you again. I think... In any case, um, the topic of racism should be kept uh, brought up, especially in this industry. But at the same time, I also realize that you guys are on your way into the industry. And I, I'm just curious to see 
how you see that happening and how you think you can uh, yeah raise the conversation or not raise the conversation or make it so that it's just that it, that it doesn't exist anymore that would be ideal is that something you see happening um I mean, I feel like advertising right now is realizing that representation matters. Yep. But on the other hand, it's not just representation that matters. It's also hiring and paying um, black artists and people of color. Yep. Um, so I think there's a, definitely a change after the whole, uh, after this new wave of Black Lives Matter protests. And I think um, people are more willing to talk about it and um, listen. I think it's really important that white people just listen. I mean, I've had I've had my share my share of experiences about like black Pete discussions in class, and you know, I'm um, yeah. I don't know. It's 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 definitely going in the right direction, but um it's definitely not there yet it's definitely not there yet and i don't think we can just you know at at some point white people most of them are gonna just sit down and think oh yeah we we have black people on the poster so we're doing good yeah but also vedika as uh diversity head of diversity is a white woman and she was hired during the black lives matter thing so like that was that was really some things just don't add up like you should also have There's one black teacher at school that I know that does a lot of work, Tiana, and I feel like she's carrying a lot of the weight on her shoulders alone. And um, but also like navigating uh, in a space where there's just not that much space for you. Yeah, it's. I mean, we're getting there, but it's just. Uh, I think BPOC people that are BPOC are really like getting impatient, especially me, and they're starting, which is awesome, they're starting their own uh, agencies, they're starting their own magazines, club nights, whatever. <laughs> and um, I had to laugh because I, I organize club nights yeah. for BPOCs. Yeah. So um, Even during Corona? No, not now. But now we're doing a magazine because oh, nice. we can't do a club night. Nice. But um, uh, also having a kind of ratio it's not bad like if you have a ratio and you, you say that oh now we need to find some people that are bpoc that can photograph editorials or whatever it's it's not people think that's a racist way to think but i mean why is it not because um Because you want to include these people. You want to pay them. A lot of the work we do, people expect it to be free. And, Because um, you're students. No, no, no. Uh, a lot of BPOCs don't get paid oh, okay. as much as uh, white, white people. people. Do. Yeah. yeah. Or they don't get taken seriously. Or, you know, the whole shebang. Yeah. Um, I am, yes, yeah. aware. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay. But... As you are going to come into the industry within a year, year and a half, mm -hmm. right? Do you then see, uh, do you see a clear path where you want to go? Or do you see a clear path of how you want to change this, this, this inner structure? Do you see how you're going to achieve yeah. that? We have to keep talking and we have to keep making projects that, that, um, are, uh, that create a space in which it's safe to talk about these conversations. Yeah. 
um, by making projects that are in, about inclusion or safer spaces or anti-racism or, um, you know, uh, trans black lives or uh, queer lives, um, you that's that's the way to like keep confronting people about it and telling them, hey, we're still here and we would like to make you think about these topics. And I think there are a lot of organizations that I would like to internet that do exactly the same. I mean, Gorilla Girls is maybe too far-fetched, but there are there's Mama Cash who does, I don't know, if they, they don't do advertising really much, but they do great work. And there are so many, if you look, you can find the places that really focus on um, female empowerment, uh, black empowerment, queer empowerment. And I don't, I don't see myself working with people who don't have the same like mindset about that. So your internship also starts in Feb? You've started the search, obviously? No. Why not? I've been busy. Okay. <laughs> I'll take that. And I I I don't I didn't want to say it, but I think I'm gonna go on exchange. As well. Yeah. What country? Uh Turkey. I would like to uh, have a better accent. A better accent? Yeah, and explore the queer underground Istanbul. Club Which is night. huge. Culture. Yeah, it's big. It's huge, man. It's Shit. big. Nice. Yeah. Okay. We have questions. So again, another student. Marte, Pim, what's happening, man? Another student that's not going to go internship at uh, in the Dutch advertising uh, industry. We've, we fucked up. Um, shall I, uh, yeah, shall yeah. I, at the open mic, who are you? Hi, I'm Stella. Yeah, hello, Stella. Hi. Um... Is this working already? Yeah. It is, yeah. Um, I was just uh, wondering, because you said before that you had the feeling that you failed in advertising in the things that you wanted to um, in the things that you wanted to do and that you are successful now in a sense of uh, being of color and having your own successful um, company. But I was wondering, like, you're reaching out to us and saying that we should really do our internship and do our part. And I was wondering if there are any specific uh, things that you were planning on changing uh, or reaching within advertising that you didn't get a chance to do. Um, maybe because you are a person of color. I don't know if that's the case. Um, or yeah. So thank you for the question. I think um, we, we started this thing called the Diversity uh, Fund which is being f uh, uh, filled by brands and agencies and kind of hopefully it will create this wallet. Um, and with this wallet, we're doing three things. We're doing research because obviously data is king. So everybody wants to know the real, the real numbers. The second one is we're educating um, CMOs, CDs and ECDs. Um, in the course, are they getting mentorships and courses and we're going to help them understand what their responsibility is and how they should self-educate and how they should uh, 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 make their work uh, place a safe space for uh, uh, for all of you. And we're starting a uh, educational platform called Plus Plus One that introduces uh, uh, students like yourself into, into the advertising world, but you're under mentorship and... Um, that mentor is of color one or at least woke enough to be able to tell you these are the steps. And when I say failed, I failed because I'm again here, I'm 46 and I am 
realizing that we have not been uh, open enough. We've not yeah. we've not changed enough for you guys to feel excited about coming. So that is a total total fail. Okay, thank you. Um, and then also I wanted to respond to the question of Bibi. Um, so just quick reminder, she asked uh, how it feels as a non-black person to talk about topics like racism and it, can I take this? Yeah. Yeah. It being awkward. Um, and I think that um, with the majority of uh, our school and our class being white, I think it's really our um, responsibility to um, take on that conversation. So, for example, Bergson is every day um, busy with... Sorry, my breath is really high. Uh, she's every day really busy with uh, explaining a lot of people why things are racist and stuff. And uh, the emotion is high with a lot of people. So if you don't have your emotion too high because you are white or if your emotion is just not too high and you still have the energy to explain to people why things are racist and if you still have like the energy to um, just sit down with people and explain things to them which they cannot see already. I think that it's really your job to do that. And I'm trying to do so myself um, instead of just being like, okay, you're white and you don't understand because I didn't understand a few years ago and I um, self-educate now, but like, it's also your job if you still have energy to, uh, and especially as a white person to like spread your knowledge, I think. So, yeah. Nice. Thank you. Yeah, it's a lot of black. Um, no, it's a lot of emotional labor for uh, black and people of color to keep explaining. It's kind of weird because you you keep having to explain why your life matters and why um, you need to be taken seriously, which is very tiring. Um, so that's why it's so important for white people to educate themselves and be a great ally because um, also. A lot of people take white people more seriously than they do uh, black people or people of color. Um, so, yeah, that's why it's very important. Thank you, Stella. Yeah, so exactly as you as you said, and like, like, let's just say that a lot of people here are white once again. Um, and we maybe don't see it as a big opportunity to go into advertising or like our internship, but we could really change something. Um, and I didn't realize before this, that it's not just um, something that you could change if you are a person of color or if you're black, um, because yeah, if you're white, people are gonna listen to you and you have a voice and you should use that. So if you are going into a company, even if it's like a really fucked up company, um, and I think it's the same with like, if you're a man and you want to change something about the gap between how uh, a company cha um, uh, treats men and women, then I think you could really have an impact as a man saying that, well, we should change something. So, yeah, that. Thank you. Ooh. 
I will talk fast. Deadlines. Hi, I'm Laura. Um, first, Hi, Laura. I want to thank you, Braxton, because you really spoke my mind. And I'm a bit of emotional. So, okay. Um, I was in, at an event last week, and uh, a girl heard that I was studying at Willem de Koning. And she was like, oh, you studied Willem de Koning. They got work to do. And they really got work to do. So my question to you guys is, what do you think, for example, that the Willem de Koning Academy can change? What can they do to change? And what can the students do to change? Who wants to take this one? Well, I was uh, thinking about that before this podcast, just my personal opinion. Um, that So we have a problem with uh, the amount of people of color and white. So... I'm thinking, why is that? Well, maybe we're doing a creative study and it's an unstable future to go into a creative industry. So people who are white, who come from a home with more economic capital, they have more the position to enter such an academy. So I was wondering, already at the entrance, how are you going to make sure that more people of color feel welcome to enter and also more secure, as in to... Um, sustain yourself financially in the future. Um, so I think somehow there needs to be also more a bridge already between when they get students inside. Um, I'm not sure how, how they should do that. Um, I think reach more, reach out more to um, high schools where a lot of um, students of color are studying there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Making decisions where know. to go after. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. But do you think that like the students can also do something? For example, if other students see that um, the students at Willem de Koning are like um, they relate to the problems that we as black people have, um, that they feel like seen and that they're like, oh, whoa, this school really supports me. The students supports me. Like, do you think that the students can do something? And what do you think that they can do? I'm, I'm, sh I'm sure we, we should all do something. Um, I wonder if it should be something inside the school or maybe outside. For example, on the dam, there's always someone standing with the, the sign. sign. Yeah. We could also start that at the Markplein right in front of the Willem de Koning, for example. This we, all we, had, we had this conversation before, but isn't there a student body that you guys could start? Is there we some started one. Oh, you did? Yeah. Uh, this summer, um, we started a, a WDKA Minority Tokens group. Um, and right now we're talking with uh, the board and we're also talking with uh, Miriam from the head of diversity. They're also uh, now looking for, there's a job opening for um inclusivity and diversity leader or something uh we're talking about the uh, curriculums so we're talking with people that make the curriculums and um we are also demanding a, a like a safer space slash diversity and inclusion workshop mandatory for all the teachers um because they do need it And uh, also, like, we're trying to think of many ways where we can um, make or, like, make mandatory uh, 
workshops or classes for students and teachers to go to. Um, we also need more teachers of color, um, but there's they, they can't fire anyone for someone else to take their place, and that's understandable, but also a lot of the teachers have a contract till they retire, um, so that's a bit difficult. But we also need a um, counselor. All the counselors are white, and some some problems are just like... BPOC students would feel more comfortable talking about uh, race-related issues or anything else with a counselor that Looks might like understand them. a bit more. Um, because, like I said, everyone goes to Teana for everything, and it's it's she does not get paid enough to do all the work she does. Um, yeah, so sure. we're we're doing a few things. We're uh, we're trying to get up a. a uh, what do you call it, like a study group or something, like um, where we research stuff yeah. about how we can change the yeah. academy. Yeah, she's in it as well, so she knows. So we do the last question for the... Thanks, guys. Thank you. <laughs> um, I think it kind of got answered, but I'll still ask it to you. Um, because we don't have great representation within our school uh, and our department especially, how do you two feel about maybe... Um, changing the curriculum that advertising has right now because I don't think we get learned enough about these issues and I don't think everyone is uh, educated on the same level about these topics. So what would you guys like to see change uh, within our curriculum or within our uh, teachers uh, and topics to get this on the table? Can I ask one quick question before? What do you mean with uh, not everybody's getting educated on the same Level? Where, where, where? Um, I think uh, there's a lot of self-study involved around this topic and that everybody does the same amount of self-study. Ah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, looking to the curriculum, I think, and I am really delighted, by the way, by you, Bergson, and I'm really, I, I'm listening i like to listen right now so i find it but i i think it's really good that you ask those questions also to the two of us um what i think is for example when well i'm i'm really thinking back like what 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 do the years look like how are they uh organized um year one i i i didn't participate but Year two, uh, you've got um, lessons from uh, from Marte. He always um, uh, speaks about topics like climate change, uh, um, things that are in the news. I think uh, the Black Lives Matter uh, movement is a is a very big thing that should be uh, discussed in his classes and also uh, about the next step we already talked about. Like, okay, um, and, and create a safe space also for perhaps uh, people who are still not really self-educated, who are also um, able to uh, say like, okay, let me practice and let me talk to you so I can practice uh, about this. I think classes should be organized around this subject. Um, but then also you've got like electives, uh, a lot of things perhaps, yeah, I think like, okay, right now telling you about how four years should be organized is maybe a bit a long answer, but 
No, but I get what you're saying, and I just wanted to add really quick before we end this um, that um, no, yeah, I, no, no, go, 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 ahead, go, ahead, go, ahead, go ahead. But um, uh, what you said about Martin teaching those classes, I think that's why uh, representation in the in the teacher body is very important because last year I, or in the first year, I don't remember, we had a class from Yurun. And uh, this was one class, but I was so excited because uh, Yerun, uh filled the whole class with black artists and um, uh, black art and that kind of stuff uh, and really stressed on that. But it's not enough. And I would like to hear uh, more from people who actually... Uh, know more about these topics mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice. and um uh what more oh electives are great but uh i always take the electives that are about like anti-racist work or like um i did one about um uh ai and like the uh, racist bias in the in the technology and um what i noticed is there the people that are already self-studying and interested in these topics take these electives yeah but true. the people who mm -hmm. i'm fighting about black beat with are not taking these classes so that's why i keep saying mandatory because it's needed <laughs> yeah yeah that yeah. was all thank you uh, guys um there are guys outside with guns trying to kick us out of the theater that's so dramatic um but thank you thank you for it in braakje by the way thank you for letting me um And, uh, and thank you all for everything you've shared. Um, for the people in the theater, this podcast is going to be broadcasted on your website and ours. So um, if you want to listen to it afterwards, uh, you can. Um, for now, this is it, man. Room to talk. Thank you. Film the Koning Academy Part Two. Thank you. Thank you. Ciao.